Pixwise is the number one app for sports betting picks, helmed by a team of trend watching, data devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport. Loaded with best bets, props, and parlays, you can find in depth analysis on every game, all for free. Found your pick? Search the latest sports book promotions to sign up for an account, compare the odds, and finally, place your bet. Download the free Pixwise app now to make your next bet better. Pixwise backs responsible gambling. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. I saw him eating an English muffin, and I was like, hmm, maybe I'll eat an English muffin with my breakfast. And now Ethan's eating an English muffin. So. Maybe the world's trying to tell me something here. Now, I had one I'll this morning for breakfast. Did you? And well, so here's the thing. These are not just your average English muffins. So like Thomas English muffins are the ubiquitous ones, right? That you see all the time everywhere. Bayes is a company that makes English muffins and they do a sourdough English muffin Ooh. and they're fucking delicious. So yeah, I, I go with the Thomas whole grain though. I got to get that whole grain. Boo. <laughs> no, I got to, got to keep that cholesterol down. The cholesterol down. Um, but Thomas also makes oh man they make a a French toast English muffin every fall oh shit man that's my jam I'll buy like four packs of that I mean Thomas has got all the the good stuff oh yeah it's all flavors. those nooks those nooks and crannies actually there was a really interesting case a couple of years ago about corporate espionage because one of the guys who was like a VP at Thomas or the company the baking company that owns the recipe because they don't have bakeries all across the country they just own the recipe and. But anyway, he gave away the secret for the nooks and crannies. He took it to the next job he was at, and they, I think Thomas successfully sued him. Holy shit. Yeah. And <laughs> also, in certain instances, um, like there's almost there's like an obligation for companies, if you are in, in possession of trade secrets of your competitors, to not capitalize on them. There's a, interesting rules out there about trade secrets versus actual patented or copyrighted or protected information. So, wow. We learned about it a lot when I was an undergrad. I don't remember too much now, so I'm going to shut up. That's funny because you hear about the pizza wars, you know, but the English muffin wars. Yeah. That's different. You can picture kind of like posh British gentlemen, you know, drinking their tea <laughs> and and just having like a civil discussion. And that's the English muffin war. Whereas <laughs> the, pe- the pizza war is like a bunch of loud Italians saying Italian swear words and all this. I like thinking about the fried chicken wars, mainly just because at, at least for a while... Um, the KFC Twitter account followed 11 people. They followed all five Spice Girls and six guys named Herb. That's hilarious. <laughs> I thought 11 herbs and spices I thought was just, oh, man, that genius. was social media gen- genius yeah. in this day and age. I don't know if they still do or not, but I thought it was fantastic. That's so yeah. good. That's a great troll. Yeah. So good. All right, let's do introductions since we're here. What are we all drinking? Oh, uh, man. Bourbon. so. I've got I've got uh I've got matching outfits again tonight. So I got my Jackie O's Imperial Scouts hat with my Jackie O shirt. The viewer can't see that. Maybe they don't want it. Maybe they can. Just a little bit of man boob there too. Yes. And I've got uh my Jackie O's Imperial Stouts glass filled with some Jackie O's rack and ruin. Barrel age Imperial Stout with uh oh, what they throw in this stuff. Lactose, vanilla beans, almonds, cacao, and pecans. It's like a cookie in a glass. Now I have a question. So, Matt, you know that this podcast is a joint 
venture between the three of us. If you're getting paid by Jackie O's, I want my third of that money. <laughs> no, no, I'm not getting paid. I'm in their club. I'm in their uh, special. You're in their special club. Imperial okay. Scouts Club where I get fancy swag and access to special beer. Mm. Yeah, Matt, can we get the camera on the full hat shirt with the beer so I can get a pic of that? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Yes. So good. <laughs> I'll take I'll a to, screenshot later. Yeah, maybe we can get another sponsorship out of this. I'll have to post it to their um to their the the Scouts group and the Jackie O's group. No, it's so it's this interesting phenomenon. Um it's it's actually kind of increased and taken off with pandemic and with kind of more direct consumer sales of beer, but there's a lot of breweries out there now that are um subscription only or have some sort of subscription service with them. Similar to what some wineries do. Um and the whole idea is, you know, I'll I'll pay them. 250 bucks at the beginning of the year, I'll get some, or, you know, that, that's just a, a number I threw out there, but I'll, you get, you get 12 beers throughout the year. You get a free piece of swag like this hat and you get access to uh, kind of pre-sales for the other beers they release. So it's a way for them to generate kind of extra revenue. Uh, and it's a way for beer nerds to get access to special beer. Uh, one of the, I don't, I'm not going to say they were the first, but one of the the big kind of pioneers in that, if you guys have ever, they're called the brewery out in Southern California, um, started that. They had a, like a multi-tiered system uh, like 10, 10 or 15 years ago where they would give you access to their really, really rare beers. Um, uh, I think it was like the Hoarders Society, I think it's what they called it, which was aptly named, but um, it's it's kind of proliferated that way. It's pretty cool. Um, at one point I was in, I was in three clubs when I was in Cincinnati um, which was neat. I, that's too much beer that I needed to back off. But shout out to Jackie O's. Sweet, love it, Ethan. Tom, what are you, what are you drinking? I just want to say to Ethan before this that I was listening to Smart List today with Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and Sean oh, right. Hayes. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, you need to listen to it. But anyways, Will eats on the show all the time. So you <laughs> are the Will Arnett. Me and Will Arnett, baby. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, if I had a soundboard, I would totally cue uh, a final countdown <laughs> for all you oh, like Arrested Development fans development. out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I, I need to, I don't want to do it here, but now I need to like practice a Will Arnett impression. Because so I love so many things he's in. Arrested Development, obviously. He plays an amazing recurring character on 30 Rock. That's um, incredible. And then, of course, Bojack Horseman. He's Bojack. Yeah. And he's just so fucking good. But, you know, he has got, he's got that like deep, gravelly voice that's like. Uh, just hilarious. Don't forget the other thing he stars in, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup commercials. That's right. And yeah. Man. I fucking love Reese's. Yeah, that voice makes me want to Reese's every time I hear it. We're not yeah. sponsored by Reese's, everyone, but I really want to be. That would be amazing. <laughs> Reese's, if you're listening. Jackios, Reese's. Let's just start listing all the people we want to sponsor us. You know, That can be this whole podcast. I mean, I, I, I live like 25 minutes away from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Maybe not that close, but, you know. Yeah. Send me the chocolate. Show me the money. But see, the Hershey regular chocolate though is like not that good. It's well, now we just lost the sponsorship. Yeah, Ethan. Well, Reese's, Reese's is a separate entity. Reese's is the best. Reese's is but owned by old, Hershey, though. Yeah, I know, but plain old Hershey's chocolate bars are very underwhelming. Dark chocolate Hershey's bars with some almonds in them, very good. Maybe that should be my new segment: is uh, <laughs> chocolate reviews. <laughs> Well, just hey, buy the I'll, chocolates and eat them. <laughs> I'll send you. I'll send you uh, Yingling. Um, Fuck Yingling. 
Oh, well, yeah, I whoa, you don't like whoa, them. Whoa. No, you don't, he doesn't like them for you just political lost, like, views. Half yeah, no. of our yeah now Pennsylvania just left. Yeah, like, that's sorry, Pennsylvania. I don't give a shit. Bye, Pennsylvania. Um, oh, my God. Well, anyway, they made a beer with Hershey syrup in it. it tastes like Tootsie Rolls. It was, it was okay. But, Tootsie Rolls are even worse than the regular chocolate well, bars. Well, yeah, but it was like beer-flavored. My girlfriend loves Tootsie Rolls, though, so I guess I should maybe be a little bit nice to them. But I think they're like little turds, basically. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're not as They're not that bad. I mean, they're little, they're little turds. <laughs> Something uh, went terribly wrong at the Tootsie Roll factory, and that's that's what that's what happened. Yeah. Colin, what are you drinking? Passion Play, Birdsong Brewery, Charlotte, North Carolina. This was the first brewery that I tasted when we came down and visited in 2015. So, I had, I, it, was, really it wasn't well. the it wasn't the first beer uh, that I had. The first beer was. Uh, Jalapeno, uh, something.H, that, 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 that's Toddy's favorite, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. For everyone uh, listening, Toddy is Colin's wife. For those who don't know, Jalapeno is how Colin says jalapeno. Yeah, and, and Toddy is his wife. Yeah. Yes. Um, man, no, the North Carolina, you got a rep in North Carolina. That's good. Yeah. Really? I had like my, my third friend in the past two months, like, tell me just the other day that they're moving to North Carolina. Um, yeah, Lots it's the, the place to be. They're going to the research youngins. triangle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Research Triangle's big. Obviously, Charlotte's big. Yeah. No one's going to Asheville, though. Give me a reason to visit Asheville. Like, well, visit Asheville's nice. Yeah, I but mean, like visit someone who lives there, you know? Well, right. Yeah. It's a small town. So there's not many jobs there. Although, I guess if you're working remotely, which you a lot of college. jobs are, isn't it a college you can, town? You can get a there job at a, a brewery. There. There's like a million breweries there. In yeah. Asheville, but really? if it, yeah, oh, yeah, Asheville's a huge brewery town. Dude, Sierra Nevada's like got a brewery town, there. Oscar Blues has got a brewery there. New Belgium's got a brewery there. Sierra Nevada brewery there is huge. For yeah. being like a smaller city. Yeah. To have that many and, and to stay in business. That's yeah, it's super surprising. cool. Bunch of breweries, bunch of hiking areas. That it's it's a great area to visit. It just, well, there's also a really good, amazing tradition of folk music in Asheville. Yeah, could say good good local yep. music scene. I saw Trample by Turtles last time I was in Asheville. Rub it in your mm-hmm. face, Ethan. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've seen them lots of times in amazing places. Yeah, so that's you've fine. seen in, in Red Rocks. I uh-huh. uh, I have to see them there just so I can be trying. We can you know. go, dude. Next summer, if you want to go, they've been going like every summer for years now. Obviously, COVID interrupted it. If you want to go in college, yeah. obviously, if you want to, let's fucking do it. Like, let's do that, or or the Ava Brothers. I mean, I, I can't tell you how like how excited I am for that concert in a couple weeks. Oh yeah, that's gonna be sweet. Post game, like so we get. We paid thirty bucks a ticket. We get a Yankees Orioles game, and then we get an Avid Brothers concert afterwards. Like that's a pretty damn like, good. Deal. Holy shit! Like, yeah. and oh, by the way, I'm getting a hotel downtown. So like, oh okay, sweet. Yeah, all right. Have so some we fun. so we can like yeah we can chill and not worry yeah. about driving afterwards. We were responsible last time and paced ourselves. Yes. So this time we can be irresponsible. <laughs> we can get fucking wasted. Yep. <laughs> we'll I can drink a, uh... Ethan under the table. Oh my god! I'm. I mean, wait. yeah. I'd... I don't need to prove that, but I no, I feel don't. like. Drunk Matt always does. So. Drunk Matt always does. This is true. Maybe we should do a, a remote podcast, like a phone podcast, while we're like at the game. And me and Matt getting wasted, and Colin can just be like, these guys are so fucking Yeah, stupid. you could just yes. make fun of us the entire time. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll drink with you. I, yeah. I love it. Yeah, but you can make fun of us. Give the viewers a treat, the listeners a treat. I, should I mean, say. honestly, if I got like, you know, you guys know how I get when I get like a certain type of buzz going where I just won't shut the fuck up. And like, I could be the entire podcast. I'm not saying everybody would listen to the end of it. They'd probably get really <laughs> sick of me after like the third straight political rant. But, 
you know, I'm just saying I, I do get a lot of energy sometimes depending on the buzz. Yeah, this the really good story. So Matt and Ethan both have really great stories in my lifetime when it comes to alcohol. Matt, you, you can decide if you want to tell these stories to the public. But Ethan's story, like a really great analogy into what he was just talking about was at my bachelor party at a club at Penn State with a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds. Ethan was caught sleeping by one okay. of the bouncers and let, let me finish and was threatened to be thrown out if they caught him again sleeping not even 10 minutes later he was on the floor yelling that ass 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 song <laughs> <laughs> and getting videos and sending them to toddy it just like that. went from zero to 60 in 3.5 just like rihanna saying yeah that guy woke me up and all of a sudden i found my second wind now what year was and this? and you took the bottle of jamo that's right i took the bottle of jamo so wait, was I, did I have jet lag this time? When was this? What year? Was this in 2015? 2017. Damn it. I don't know what my excuse. Oh, I know what my excuse is. I couldn't sleep the night before because you and all your asshole buddies were fucking loud all night. That's why. So I was exhausted uh, the next night. Uh, but yes, I found my second yeah. wind. And okay, but like, so, so Colin said I took the JMO. Let me tell the listeners about this because this, I never knew this. So it was Colin's bachelor party, right? So we decided like, we're going to go all out. And so we got bottle service at this at this club right one bottle of jameson blue indigo. r.i.p blue indigo one bottle of, i remember seeing the receipt and i can't remember the exact number i want danny maybe would remember or sherlock or something but one <clears throat> one bottle of jamo was like 100 bucks for bottle service okay in the store you can get jamo for what 20 bucks 30 bucks 30 probably yeah bottle service it was like 100 now when when it was the end of the night we still had like half of that bottle left and so I can't remember, but a couple of the guys were like, dude, like hide it in your fleece and, and, and take it. And yeah, I was like kind of nervous. Chilly, so he had I a do get chilly. So I had my fleece. I always get chilly. It was September. Was. And, yes. Thank you very much. And uh, but so I was nervous about this, but I did. I kind of I kind of tucked it in my fleece and we were totally fine. And we yeah, that wasn't that, that wasn't defending of Ethan. I was saying it was September as in it was still not the fall yet. Oh, you weren't defending me. Um, whatever. I get fucking chilly. So He's, He says to me, like, as he puts the bottle, he's like, you think you're going to check me? And I was like, they don't check people on the way out. They just check people on the way in. You're good. We just walk right out. Yeah. And we were. Yeah, we were fine. So, uh, yeah, that was a fun night. I forgot about that. The ass ass song. That song is hilarious. I'll, I'll save my stories. We will tell those stories in the podcast because yes. they are some they are some pretty good ones. Um, yes. Most of them involving patios, but um, <laughs> right. we'll say those. We'll, we'll tease. We'll tease the future. Yeah. Uh, Matt has a patio fetish. That's our fetish. Teaser. Fetish is extreme <laughs> now. Our, you know, just uh, a, uh, a a admiration for good stonework and um, good outdoor spaces and good gardens. You're you just know. sophisticated. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Got it. Exactly. You drink fancy beer and you appreciate fancy patios i'd like to think that yeah. although uh, that'll be the name of the segment when you tell the story is fancy beers and fancy patios okay okay so well well, well then the alliteration uh, of it if we're talking about fancy patios shout out to the uh the landry's uh, i got to see their new patios last weekend very very nice uh well done we should Look have them on to... the pod well we should point. we should have yeah. well i mean but but jay's a red sox fan like you know. and a bills fan yeah. but, i mean bills are okay that's all right. We can just we can just make fun of him about that. I mean, you know, that's all right. You know, Although, they are you know the what? dominant New York football team right now. Well, they're not, we they're not fighting at football practice right now. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I actually don't know enough about that story, so maybe we should talk about that. But really quickly, in terms of Jay being a Red Sox fan, the sad thing 
we wouldn't have a leg to stand on giving him shit. No, 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 no. They no, have no. four titles in the 21st century, and we have... Well, Two. I don't know. Colin, do you like to count 2000? Uh, was it the new millennium? Well, but see, but this is the was weird it the thing. New Did millennium? we talk about this? Yes, Bill Simmons doesn't count it, but I do. Okay, so two, so four to two. So the Red Sox still got us beat easily. So we don't we um, we got to make a comeback on that. Anyways, the, the so the Giants had like a fight. The New York Football Giants. Now we're moving to football. Had a fight at practice. Is this is this what happened? Yeah, uh, somebody broke a run. Backup running back Saquon's not really practicing. He's just resting until week one, and got into the secondary. Like broke a tackle. I think it was Peppers. Uh, that he broke a tackle from, and then um, I don't know. There's some lighthearted shoving. Yeah, yeah. There was there was some shoving, and then uh, another shove came from someone else, and uh, somehow DJ Daniel Jones ended up at the bottom of this horrific brawl going on. And apparently, Joe Judge, the head coach of the Giants, got so mad and uh, made them run laps and you know do all all this type of stuff as as a result of it, but. When it, when it was happening on Twitter, it was blown up like crazy. Like the beat writers were horrified with what was going on. They had never seen anything like it before, Jesus and Christ. Judge was losing his shit. But I don't, I don't know if it was really that big a deal. But I mean, Judge definitely got pretty hot about it. D- Daniel Jones isn't good enough to have an abbreviated nickname yet. You can't just say DJ and assume people know what it means. You, you know. I, I, that's why I threw in the, the yeah. name after that. Also, also, Danny I got to give you a little ribbing, like. Why, why does uh, Saquon generational talent Barkley have to sit out for all of preseason? Like he's just resting, resting, resting but his, he should, he needs to get those reps in. He, he's, he's, he's barely played for like the past season. three years. Right. Like why does he need uh, more rest? God. First like, off, you won rookie of the year two years ago. So, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> doesn't mean anything. So, and Duhar almost won rookie of the year in the MLB and it didn't mean shit. Yeah, I know because it's oh. it's dumb the way that baseball writers vote on everything. We know but he this. did have he had a really uh, offensively, defensively he was horrible. Offensively he had a historically yeah. great rookie well, year. Don't 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 get away from Saquon though, because I, I would expect the generational talent to be on the field more <laughs> and you know contribute more. Man, Matt, I call him really... Sasquatch, so I'm kind of disappointed. He's not living up to my nickname for him. Well, no, no, he is because you don't see Sasquatch because he's oh. elusive. And, he, you know, he doesn't exist. Wow. And That's apparently true, you don't actually. see Saquon Shit. Barkley on the field. Yeah, damn it. Now, yeah. yeah, come on. Come on, Ethan. You, I just, I was thinking you set, of the You more, put that on a platter. And I, know, and I, I, really and I love did. giving Colin shit about it. I want him to do well. I think he's a great running back. It, it stinks to see him not on the field. It would be good but, for football, right? I mean, yeah. if he oh, was yeah. really good, it would be good for football. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 hope he does I mean, play. I really I hope think he does he, get a good season. You know. I, I do think he's going to have a good season. I mean, I unless he gets hurt again, if his body's breaking down or whatever. But... It would, it would be awesome for him to do well and for the Giants to actually win some games for once. I mean, it's yeah. only been what like twelve years since they had a winning record. They had that one year where they played the Packers and played like shit in the playoffs. But has it really been twelve years? No, they that oh, that one year that that random it's been year two thousand for quite a while. I think yeah, two thousand seventeen or whatever when Rodgers threw the hail mary at halftime. One of, one of the many years where he did not win the Super Bowl, if we want to yeah, really start talking yeah. shit. I know, I know, I know. I, I, I'm i feeling a little high because he's back on the team now. And at least we've, I've got one more year of competent quarterback play. Could be more. I hope so. I mean, As an owner, I need to make it so. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you should just – you should drive to his house and, like, do his laundry for him and drive Dude, him no, to you the- see, he's – 
he one of his linemen gave him a, a golf cart tricked out to look like an Aston Martin, so he's been driving that around Green Bay. Oh, that's hilarious. like fuck yeah! I'll do whatever you want, Aaron Rodgers. I'll go up there. I'll I'll take a week off of work. I'll clean your house. I'll I'll polish up all the rims on that golf cart. Oh, just stay, please. Just stay. I just I just don't know how the Packers do it. They have like two of the most difficult people in the world to work with as generational quarterbacks. They win two titles between the two of them, and you know, like well, who no, knows? but here's what happens. I, I've got what, what four NFC championship heartbreaks where it's like i'm just sick of seeing them lose in the nfc championship game where they're like yeah we're we're 15 and one this year oh we're gonna take a dump in the playoffs like oh hey we've got like our quarterbacks playing the best he's ever played we're gonna play take a dump in the playoffs like oh we're gonna lose to the giants or you know hey we're gonna we're gonna botch an onside kick against the seahawks and let them come back from 20 plus points down like man like oh that oh, second that time the Giants beat them with Eli, that was the better team, right? The one with Rodgers. Uh, yeah, the first time was Favre and Jason Tyner. Yeah. And that damn field goal. Well, it was field goal both times, I think. That yeah, was. yeah, but it was a, the Tyner was right after the interception. Oh, right, right, yeah. But, but, Favre, it, but Favre, Favre, like, I mean, Brett Favre in interception, like, come on. That's yeah. like, <laughs> it's like Matt McCorders, Like McCorders yeah. had the interception, I remember. Oh, uh, but yeah, no, it, I get my my heartbroken. I'm spoiled. I mean, it's like you know, being a Yankees fan, I'm a Packers fan. We yeah. hardly had any years where we're not in contention. So, mm-hmm. um, I will say though, it, it's mm-hmm. just pure coincidence. I liked the green team. That was all it was. But um, oh, is that all it was? I couldn't actually remember what the origin of your fandom. Was. Oh yeah, we played. My brother and I played Tech Mobile at the babysitters all the time, and he was the Denver Broncos because <laughs> he liked John Elway, and I was Green Bay because I liked the green team. That's hilarious. Like that was it. I mean, I could have think about it. I could have been stuck with the Jets. I could have <laughs> been stuck with the Dolphins. I could have been stuck with the Eagles. Yeah, uh, I pick, I mean, I pick Green Bay because Green's in the name and yeah. cheap. I love how kids like choose choose their team sometimes like that. Like when they don't get it. Like most of the time, we inherit it from our parents, right? But every once in a while, you you don't. You just choose one, and usually it's like something like that. I love that. Well, yeah, and my my dad's a Giants fan. My mom was a Browns fan because she liked Bernie Kosar. So like Bernie. Um, no, 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 real strong. I mean, the mid, the early '90s Giants were hmm, like the Jim Fossil era was good, but not great. Did right? he die recently, Jim? Yeah, Fossil? he just died. Yeah, yeah, relatively yeah. young. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think he was that old. Yeah, yeah. low low seventies, I think. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. So, well, uh, what what do we got on the docket? Well, here I'll give you some good news to cheer you up from that. Jim Fossil news. Yeah. First five-star review came hey. in. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. And I'm telling everybody. Look out, Joe leave, Rogan. If you leave a review, you can leave a rating. That's great, too. But if you leave a review, I will read it on the show like I'm about to for Graham 1121 right now. I don't know that that person is. But uh, the, the review said, gets better by the week. Literally. That's the review. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh man, that's just like that's the expectations there. Like, oh it's shoot, better by the week, literally. Um, I don't know if is that is that a true compliment? It seems a little backhanded. It's like it was garbage in week one, and now it's only like kind of bad. By yeah, the, <laughs> I'm just I'm just noticing the title of the review says progress, but it's five stars. So progress. Wait, so who, wait, does anybody do any of us know Graham? I, I don't no know idea. any Grams. Oh. I, I tried to think about it when I saw it, but 
I, this I has to be somebody we know. There's no way that there's a stranger listening to this podcast. Well, we Graham. have, what'd you say, no. six and a half listeners? So Six and a half listeners. Thank you, Graham, for five stars. Even if it's a little backhanded, we appreciate it. That's yeah, awesome. Speak, speaking of six I'll and a half it. listeners, uh, shout out to, uh, I'll just I'll just say, uh, the uh, the Muller McCormicks in Ohio. Thank you for, thank you for the shout out. Uh, if you guys have any segment suggestions, let me know. I'll be happy to keep you guys engaged. We're still working on the podcast here, but they had a nice little shout out that they said they like to listen to podcasts on sleep as they go to bed every night. And they were listening to me talk about uh, baseball and beer with you guys. So um, <laughs> thank you guys. Um, was that another backhanded? I was going to say, exactly. That's another backhanded. No, one. no, 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 no. It was just here. You, I mean, you guys are so boring. It's easy to fall no, asleep. No, 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 no. They listen to Five they, stars. they try and do pod- podcasts every night as they go to bed. Yeah, you, I like it. You guys need to meet them. It's like, like, yeah. I'm, I'm just two of the nicest yeah. people I've ever met. Yeah, I'm just messing with them. Like I'm not like, messing. I think. And, uh, I think. And, all and I'll say, I'll say, Mr. Is... Mr. Moeller, like, I mean, he's he's like maybe like he's maybe cry with his compliments on like multiple occasions. He's so nice and heartfelt. Hell, I've oh, even okay. got like. Well, tell like, him he, to fucking write us a. He, he made me this. I got a coaster from him in the shape of Ohio, sitting right on my desk. That's awesome. With a handwritten heartfelt note like how do you get right. better than that like that's i think nice. i'm a nice guy i try and be a nice guy Psh, nothing compared to this guy yeah so. you're not that nice that's very nice that coach well i mean you guys don't think i'm nice but everyone else does <laughs> patty <laughs> thinks i'm nice yeah yeah. yeah she goes on and on about you i think colin's dad does too right does, doesn't yep. your dad go on about yeah me? matt root he's so great yeah, yeah uh-huh. blah 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 yep yep the valid dick don't hate the play i hate the game so we got our first five-star review which is wonderful awesome news what else we got uh so i got a a segment request from cousin greg who wanted to ask us what our opinion is on shifts in baseball and the reason this came up is because he was testing texting me and my brothers just last night uh, going into last night, Harper and Flatty were the only ones in baseball with like a 300, 400, 500 slash line. Uh, and Har- I think Harper. Yeah, I think Bryce Harper, Harper? Has since. Yep. Bryce Harper has since dropped down under 300. And one of the. Yeah. Well, you know, it's Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> one of the we're definitely losing Pennsylvania today. Yeah. So we were, Sorry, everyone we really in Pennsylvania may be listening. <laughs> I love you. Penn State, number one recruiting class in the nation right now. Oh, right. You got him back. Got him back. Just had to get that. Got him back. Yeah. All right. So uh, Harper hit a screaming line drive, I guess, into the shift that brought his average under 300. And Greg was all mad about it, saying the shift's terrible, blah, 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 and everything. And so I was talking to him about it. And I think I might have told you guys. And if I didn't, I guess this would be good. That's the first time you're hearing it. But to me, so the shift, and, and I know that there's been rules at the minor league levels to try and address this problem. And again, I will preface all this by saying it does not address what we all agree is the largest single issue in Major League Baseball, which is pace of play. Yep. Because it doesn't matter if there's a shift if the ball is not being put in play. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. if we're going we're gonna to talk about something specific today to satisfy Cousin Greg, we're talking about the shift. And to me, the shift is like what happened in basketball you know, when people got really tall, they started hanging around the basket. And then in basketball, they put in this rule that you every three seconds, you got to get out of the lane. Otherwise, that's a lane violation. You can't just stand and stuff up the lane. And like, I am sure if there was Twitter around back then, people would have been like, well, they should just get better at hitting threes. And it's like, 
yeah, okay, that makes a, a little bit of sense. But at some point, it doesn't become it like basketball isn't basketball anymore if you can't go down low and if you can't utilize the entire court. And that to me is what's happening in baseball with the shift where people are like, well, just hit it the opposite way or, you know, hit a home run like people have been trying to do. And it's like, A, it's not that easy. And B, at some point, it makes it so that baseball is no longer baseball. When you hit the ball really hard and there's just, you know, nothing you can do about it. Like it's already hard enough to get a hit. Yeah, I know, I know, Matt. It's like it's already hard enough to get a hit, but I can see why making two players on the left side of second base, two players on the right side of second base, having them play on the dirt or within like five feet of the dirt and no no further back makes sense because then it just levels the ability for the offense to to bring those exciting elements back into the game, which is a portion of what baseball is trying to do to bring younger viewers to the sport. So if we want more singles, we want more doubles, we want people trying to hit for contact, then we need to modify these extreme shifts. That That's at least the way I see it because baseball is no longer baseball when you've got three people and a fourth really close to second base, just waiting for that inevitable ground ball that's coming. Ethan, are you going first or am I going first? You can go ahead. You can go. Uh, so I'm going to disagree because I don't think people are hitting for contact anymore. People are hitting for three true outcomes. They're, they're either hitting for a home but baseball, run. But my point is baseball doesn't want that anymore. But but it's not in the rules. that There is no specified, not yet. this person must be here, this person must be there. So not yet. Defensive strategy says a manager can – I mean, if a manager wants to put all eight players in the infield, he can do that. I'm – not disagreeing with you. I'm so, just saying that is coming just like the automated strike zone. I guarantee you there's some type of rule coming that is going to force fielders to be on both sides of the bag. I think I, I but, but I'm, I'm thinking people like John Carlos Stanton isn't trying for singles. He's yeah, trying to always runs. sluggers in the game. I'm saying that to me, everyone's trying to hit home runs. Chicks take the long ball. Everyone's trying to hit home runs right now. Um, we don't have people trying to hit singles. So doesn't matter where you set up the field. They're going to try and hit, pull the ball and hit it as hard as they can every time. There's been plenty of times where people can just slap the ball or put the barrel on the ball, hit it the other way, and get a single and get on base. They don't want that, though. You've got – I think you've got analytics departments telling teams, telling players, excuse me, go up there and swing for the fences. Right. Because we would rather have you strike out 10 times and hit a home run it's than, than get maybe three singles and a double, you know. So I don't know. I, I I mean, I would love to see more action in the game. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see singles and doubles and, and, and more strategic baseball. And I think you're seeing a little bit of a comeback of that this year. But um, I don't know what I'd be curious to look at. And I'm going to merge this, Con. I'm going to hijack your little mailbag and merge it in with a sabermetrics for dummies session. Because I'd really be interested to see what, since, this, since the inception of the shift, what the change in BABIP is, and now BABIP is, for everyone out there, is batting average on balls in play. And all that means is it's looking at, it's, it's eliminating strikeouts, and all it's looking at is when when the hitter actually makes contact with the ball, what is his batting average? Um, and I know a lot of people use that as a measure to, you know, determine how lucky a batter is, meaning that if someone's got a very, very high batting average on balls and play, it means um, either he's hitting it with, you know, outside of shifts or he's hitting it where the fielders aren't, but, or he's getting very lucky and he's hitting it just, you know, he's getting 
you know, maybe it goes under a fielder's glove or maybe it just goes over, you know, someone diving for the ball. But I'd be curious to see in the, in the past 10 years when, you know, since shifts have become really popular, has there been a giant drastic shift in batting average on balls in play? Again, the whole idea is let's, let's eliminate strikeouts because if you strike out a lot, it's going to, it's going to really, really depress your, your batting average. Let's just see for every time that you put the ball in play, how, how often is it actually successfully a hit versus how often are you, you know, grounding out to a shortstop or hitting a line drive right at someone or hitting a can of corn pop up to someone in the outfield. Um, again, you know, the, the idea is you want to, you, you want to eliminate every non-contact um, outcome and just focus on the fact that when contact is made, does the person actually reach base or not? Um, and I'd be interested to see if that changes. So um I'll shut up now. You guys got any thoughts? No team can afford to overpay for talent. Build a championship team with Indeed, the smart way to only pay for quality candidates that meet your must-have requirements. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in just one place. Indeed knows how important it is to make the most of your recruiting hours and dollars. And with Indeed, you can save time and money by setting your must-have qualifications and only pay for the quality candidates that meet them. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, looking for a betting advantage this football season? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to compare betting odds and make smart bets. Their best bet computer model scans over 350,000 unique bets per year to give you a best bet recommendation for every game across all major sports and gives you the reasoning behind why you should place the bet. Their model covers everything from spreads, over-unders, and player prop bets. Don't want to use this model and prefer to do the research yourself? Well, BetQL has all the necessary tools for your betting research needs. Tools like line movement and sharp data on who the pros are backing, team summaries highlighting previous success against the spread and over-under, team lineup breaking news and injury status updates, and leaderboards to track how you stack up against others and to view your winning streaks. Better data, better bets. Head to the App Store or Google Play Store now to download BetQL. You can also head to try.betql.co slash BlueWire to get started now. Enter the discount code BlueWire at payment checkout for 25% off any of their subscription offerings. Make sure to check out their offers page to find a special offer to receive a full free year of BetQL. Don't miss out on the chance to gain your betting advantage during this football season. Yeah, I'll go. So, um... Just about the, I'll I'll talk about the original question, the shift in general. And this is interesting because I actually feel like I'm kind of in the middle of this. And I feel like I'm never in the middle on anything. I'm usually on the extreme end of the spectrum um, on any, on any concept or any idea. But in this, um, I guess I can kind of see the validity in, in both sides. Um, I think that it totally makes sense because the rules don't stipulate anything about how you deploy your infield. And so in today's day and age, if when you have these hitters who are like 80, 90% of the time pulling it, absolutely, you should fucking do the shift. I mean, it just makes sense. Um, but to Colin's point, and I do think he's right that this is inevitable. 
um, it is kind of lame. It's kind of shitty for baseball. Like you will see these like big powerful hitters will they'll fucking rip one into sh- into the shallow outfield, right? If it's a righty, they're hitting it into shallow left field, a liner, like it, sh- it would be a classic single or whatever. But instead, the shortstop's right there. And it's like, oh, that was just a regular old ground out. And that is sort of as a viewer, that's like kind of shitty. Now, granted, I do think that this is part of baseball. I, I can't remember which of you were saying earlier, but like the idea of hitting the ball really well and hitting it right at a fielder, that is part of baseball. That always has been, right? Sometimes you're going to fucking nail it. It's going to be right at the center fielder and that's that, right? So that's part of the that's part of the deal and that's okay. But I think the shift just amps it up so that it's just happening even more. And again, on the defensive perspective, totally smart. That's what they should do. But I think that Colin is right in terms of it. It is kind of a, it's maybe not a huge part, but it is a part of, of something of a solution to kind of make gameplay more interesting. So you make that rule where there's only two on each, only two guys on each side of second base. And you just, you have those, those balls start to be hits again. Um, it's not going to, it's not going to save everything, right? It's, it's, it's just a small piece of it. Um, but I think, I think that that would be better for the game overall. So I think, yeah, I think they probably have to, um, make that rule. And Colin, I think that that NBA analogy is, is really good. I think that's appropriate. And I, I mean, I get your point, Matt, like, yeah, there's no rule against it right now. Just like there was no rule in basketball to stand in the lane forever, but that rule is coming. And no rule against steroids in the late 90s and early 2000s while we're at it. Except it was against the law. Was it? Was it officially? Was it like a federal law? What did it say? And it was illegal prescriptions. Yeah. But maybe they were getting them legally. Yeah. Jose Canseco pretty, knows I'm people. Sure, I'm pretty sure those guys who got like human growth hormone, like, because I don't think human growth hormone is not the same as like the straight up anabolic steroids, is it? I don't know. We no. should do. We can do a steroid talk another. Yeah, day. we'll 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 we do a bit of a dive before we, before we dig into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a Luis Gonzalez dive for you, Colin. Brady Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Or how about Brett Boone? That's another one. Yeah. I mean, he didn't hit as many homers. He didn't hit fifty homers, but he randomly he was. But he was a second baseman. Yeah, he was mediocre offensively his entire career, and then in like two thousand and one, he hit like three thirty with thirty seven homers and like one hundred and forty RBIs. <laughs> like. It's fucking ridiculous. Anyways, I'll, I'll only do a steroids episode though if we dedicate like seventy five percent of it to a rod. Seventy? No, that's not fair. <laughs> I'm just trying to make Colin pissed off. It's oh, okay. I'm Dude, pissed off too. I hate today, how a rod gets more hate about this. It's stupid. Colin, go ahead. Today is a big day for a rod. Today is the anniversary of number five hundred and number six hundred. That is cool. August fourth, big day in yeah. baseball history. They probably Tom wouldn't Seavers be uh, three hundred. They probably wouldn't be on the same day and the same anniversary if he uh, didn't take those steroids, though. Okay, so. let me. I'm going to say one thing just to wet people's appetites and to shut Matt up. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know if it'll shut Matt up, but I was looking at this recently. I would like everyone to consider this. So for those who don't know a ton about baseball, home runs obviously are really important. Everybody loves them. And as Matt said, chicks dig the long ball. Now, consider the fact that baseball has been around for a really, really long time. Home runs didn't really start getting hit a lot until Babe Ruth started it in the 1920s, okay? So just take that. Say the last 100 years. If you need the Babe Ruth lesson, go back to episode one. Yes, right. But take the last 100 years as an example. Now, prior to 1998, 60 home runs had happened for a player, had happened for a player literally twice in history, okay? Babe Ruth hit 60 in 1927. 
and Roger Maris hit 61 in 1961 and Roger Maris actually had eight more games to get his his 61st which we don't that's not really part of this but just just as a as a and little uh piece we of can be clear too that people got close Ruth hit 59 and 21 yeah. uh-huh. Greenberg hit 57 one year yeah, Griffey might have hit 57, 56 57 right people did get close people hit in the 50s a few times that happened a few times but 60 literally twice from 19-whatever, the whole entire history of baseball until 1998. 60 home runs only happened twice. All of a sudden, 1998 rolls around. Mark McGuire, who is 34 years old in 1998, well past his prime. Such an old fuck. I'm 32, yo. Dude, I know, and I'm 31, and I hate it. I hate when I talk about this stuff because it feels horrible, but this is just the way sports work, right? We know that. We know in baseball the decline, and in any sport, but certainly in baseball it's very observable— the decline starts when you're in your 30s, and oftentimes it's fucking severe. Not always, but a lot of times it is. So Mark McGuire's 34 years old. Not only does he hit 60, he hits fucking 70 home runs. In all of baseball history, 60 and 61 happened once each, and then all of a sudden McGuire hits 70, and Sammy Sosa hits 66 in the same year. Now, bear with me because that's not the end of it. Mark McGuire, the next season when he's 35, hits 65 home runs. Sammy Sosa hit 60 home runs in three out of four seasons from 1998, 99, 2000, 2001. Okay, remember, before 1998, 60 home runs happened twice in history. Sammy Sosa then did it three times himself in four years. Now, my, my point, and then Barry Bonds, of course, 73 in 2001. And Barry Bonds at that point was like 36 or something. My point here, and, and Colin and Matt and I are all like, we get annoyed at the people who are all holier than thou about steroids, or at least me and Colin do. I don't know where Matt's at right now. Um, and, and I'm generally with that, like use modern science, take whatever the fuck you want. However, this is, it is kind of fucked. Like when you look at it like that and you realize that in all of baseball history, it happened twice. And then all of a sudden there's a four year span where people are just hitting 60 and 70 home runs left and right while they're older, while they're way past their prime. There is something that's like kind of, kind of like gross about that. Um, and, and of course we can, we can dig into this more when we decide to do like a, a, a steroids deep dive. Um, but I just wanted to like throw that out there since it came up, like that is kind of fucked up that like all of a sudden people way past their prime are just doing that. Um, there is a reason that baseball fans get frustrated about that. And I understand that. So anyways, I wasn't even planning on ranting about that today. It just happened. It just happened organically. We're just letting you go. I know. That's good. It's good. Yeah. So anyways, I'm done, though. I'm done now. We can talk about it more another time. But uh, I, I just was revisiting that the other day, and I was just, like, blown away by that. And also, sorry, one more. Barry Bonds, it wasn't just 2001 when he hit 73 homers. His last four years of his career, he was in his late 30s. And it's, like, the best four-year stretch of a career in history. Um, those which, were his again, last four years? Those I don't were think his last, the... Or maybe not his last four. Yeah, close to his last four. Yeah. The very last You're talking year, to 01 to 04, right? Yeah. So not I think he played till 07. Okay. I'm pretty sure. So four of his last years. He was in his late 30s at this point. Yeah. yeah. And literally like the best four-year stretch in baseball history. Um, and it just doesn't make sense. It's just, it's, it's you know, it, it that's not how like the human body works. Um, and so it's, it's interesting. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's incredible what he did. Like, go look at his numbers. Those of you who don't know, I mean, he kind of broke baseball. It's literally <laughs> like if you're like a really good video game player and you put the game on like easy mode, that's the type of numbers you would get. And that's what mm-hmm. Bonds did like in real life. It is, it is pretty insane. Um, but anyway, sorry, I used up way too much time talking about that. What else do we got to talk about? 
<laughs> we actually have another mailbag. This comes from Sweet. the Baseball and Whatever Pod, our friends on social media on Twitter. Oh, who nice. Wrote in today and wanted to talk about the trade deadline reactions. They are specifically very close to Chicago, so the White Sox and the Cubs. We obviously could talk a lot about the Cubs being Yankee fans and getting Rizzo and the Cubs. I mean, dismantled that yeah. whole core of the 2016 World Series team that was supposed to be the next dynasty in baseball, and they fizzled out pretty quickly over there. But <clears throat> I don't know where you guys want to start with trade reactions overall. Oh, man, I'm, I'm trying to look up the actual um, uh, the the Rizzo trade. It was a cool trade what, deadline, for those who don't know. This was a good yeah. trade deadline. A lot of big names got traded. This was cool. This was exciting. Yeah. And, and interesting, because from a Yankees perspective... Um, it was excellent, Brian. Kinsley. Yeah, it, you know they say, "Oh, well, the Yankees we didn't, really, we didn't really give up anyone." You know, hey, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't yeah. lose any any one of our big no top prospects. prospects. Yeah, um, but I believe I want to say Alcantara, but I can't remember if it's one. Like he's one who who supposedly is pretty good. Yeah, Alcantara. He, he, he apparently he, has good stuff. He suddenly became the number two prospect in in, in Chicago system. Oh wow! So their so their system was garbage. So so yeah. So I mean, in, in terms of in in terms of rebuilding a depleted system, like you know the way it was pitched to Yankees fans by Yankees media is okay. Yeah, great. We we upgraded and we didn't really have to lose anyone. Um, but but reading, you know, reading some some feedback from kind of beat writers from the Cubs, it was the the Cubs fleeced the Yankees. Like we oh, got we got ridiculous. some great some great tra- but it was interesting to read. I was trying to, I was kind of trying to track that. Really? Okay. All right. Tell me, tell um, me why. Tell me why you think again. That you know, in their opinion, they they got two upper level prospects out of this for someone that they didn't think they would resign. Um, and you know, so they're they're all they're all excited that they've they've re- restocked for the next run, uh, and that in two to three years they'll have. Come on. Uh, substantially, you know, uh, a little uh, overly are, optimistic. Exactly. This yeah, guy exactly. was like our number seven prospect, and now he's their number two. Like that speaks more to the to the poor quality of their farm system than us having given up somebody amazing. Well, and remember, there's also, um, you know, th- there's there's inherent risk with prospects anyway. You don't mm-hmm. know how they're going to develop. Just look at Davey Garcia this year taking a huge regression. Of course. Or uh, Garrett Whitlock on the Red Sox. Or Rule 5 draft who- picks of the Red Sox who looks like a uh, – you know, a badass major, a seasoned major league reliever. At least every time he plays the Yankees, he blows them away. They can't touch him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was a Rule Five pick, um, which again, for those who don't know, he essentially was in the minors long enough in the Yankees system that they had not added them to their forty-man roster. And at that point, I think it's what five years or seven years, Colin Ethan, um, that if you're not added to the forty-man roster, and you're still in the minors. Any other team in the major leagues can take him off your roster. As long as they commit to putting them on the major league roster for a full year. What is that? How many years is that, Kyle? Do you know? Is that five? I feel I'll like say five. five. That's why it's called the rule yeah. five. Oh. Um, so, you know, this this guy, Garrett Whitlock, was in the Yankee system for at least five years. Um, wasn't on the 40-man roster, which means he was still considered a minor leaguer. And the Red Sox drafted him um, from the Yankees and, and put him on their roster. And, again, as long as he stays there for the entire year, he becomes a permanent Red Sox, Red Sox player. Um if for some reason he doesn't stay in the major league roster, he'll revert back to the Yankees next year. But um, he looks he looks on fire every time the Red Sox put him in. It's kind of you know you roll your eyes and go, "Holy cow!" Like we're not going to get a hit. Um, I mean, all uh, of these all of these things are so hard to evaluate in the moment. 
I, I was just somebody posted Gil, who made his major league debut last Keel. night. Keel. 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 Louis Louis yeah. Keel. Made his debut last night for the Yankees, pitched Louis really well, Keel. has incredible stuff, was another one of those steals from Brian Cashman. And the comments when we the people that we traded away and the people on Twitter two years ago who were like, Brian Cashman does it again. He trades away all these players who are ready to come up, blah, 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 and everything. None of those players are doing anything right now. And this dude comes up, lights it on fire last night. Might might be, you know, the what we thought Garcia was going to be, you know, for this season, you know, an arm that can really help us extend the, the season. And it's like these people in the front office know what they're doing, especially a Brian Cashman knows what he's doing. And I'm not saying the Cubs don't know what they're doing and that they got fleeced or that the Yankees fleeced uh, or got, they got fleeced, whatever the situation is. But in the moment, it's really hard to evaluate. What we do know, though, is that Anthony Rizzo, who also has hit a home run tonight already yep. for the Yankees, mm-hmm. is a really good player. The Cubs are paying his $6 million in salary, so the Yankees didn't have to go over the luxury tax. Gallo's salary is getting paid by Texas, too, I believe. Right, right. But if we're just talking about the Cubs, the Yankees won that trade for right now, okay? Maybe in five years, it'll be a different story if Rizzo doesn't re-sign with the Yankees and goes off, plays well, and those other players end up contributing to the Cubs and everything. But there's no way you can tell me right now that – the Cubs fleece the Yankees because they got a, a mid tier prospect that might turn out to be good. Like yeah. it's, it just doesn't make sense. To I'm going to lay it out in really plain terms. The Yankees, at least the Yankee side of this, we didn't give up any of our very, very top prospects. Mm-hmm. And the two big players we got, Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo, both lefty hitters of which we have very few who are any good. So all of a sudden we have two good lefty hitters and also Gallo and Rizzo respectively now have literally the second and third highest OPS on the team. Only Aaron Judge is ahead of them. So literally, we just got two guys who are all of a sudden our second and third best hitters, and we didn't give up any any big prospects. Catchman Great defensively. a genius. And Rizzo, oh yeah, both of them actually. Yeah, both of them are really good defensively. We got big power lefty bats, which also should play well in Yankee Stadium, which has the famous short porch in right field. So yeah, Cashman is fucking so good. Yankee fans... We bitch about this a lot for our listeners. Um, a lot of like your typical kind of casual Yankee fans are fucking morons, um, and it's really annoying. And they're the type of people who criticize all these things and talk about how cash sucks and Boone sucks and blah 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 blah. And they're all a bunch of idiots. So, Those three I will Yankee say though, fans. I think Gallo only has one hit since he's joined the Yankees. Yeah, he's, it's, uh, been a, it's been a few games. He hasn't he hasn't hit well so far. Sorry. <laughs> it's, he it's, made an error tonight. A little scary, but, you know, right. uh, I mean, I'll, I'll still take him. It's early. It's sample size. It's, it's like early. seven games. And, 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 you know, they're they're not they're not just golden boils all the time. I mean, some someone should lose their job in that front office over what happened to Davey Garcia because suddenly he's got a change delivery and he's got a seven-plus ERA in AAA. Um, oh, that, I didn't that, know about this. I didn't hear about this. Yeah, like, okay. like he has no more, no more, no more break in his curveball. Um, I mean, he, he something happened. Someone in the Yankee system screwed him up. Interesting. Um, well, well, here, here's the problem, Matt. I'm not just singling out the Yankees here, or even what you had just said, but people want to act like everything is in a vacuum and is really easy to understand and to break down into evaluate and to develop and blah, blah, blah. 
And the Yankees are a huge fucking organization, just like Scott's is. All right. And there's just not going to be cohesion at every single level and every single position at all times. Like, yes, do we want to fix things like somebody fucked Debbie up? So do we want to fix that? Of course. But like to that's what drives me crazy about Yankee fans the most is when they're always calling for somebody's job. The minute somebody has some type of breakdown or has a bad game, people didn't even want JMO in the rotation. And he won pitcher of the month in July. You know, when, when it was June, they were like, dude, get this guy out of New York and everything. And so if the, if the fans are running the the team, I mean, they're worse than than George Steinbrenner was in his heyday, but like there's just so many moving pieces to a sports team just like huge organizations in the corporate world. And like, it's just hard to find that harmony at all levels, all positions and everything. Like, Yeah. But, but you can't, you can't give cash all these heaps of praise and then excuse him for the fact that it doesn't matter. He's, he's still the head of the organization there. I mean, he's still got to make sure he's, he's on top of this. Yeah. Um, but he, so he doesn't, he doesn't coach the, the coach that developed I'm not, I'm not saying he's a coach, but I'm saying he manages the organization. So you he's know, he's an amazing executive. I bet you, if he resigned, every other fucking team in Major League Baseball oh, yeah. would be tripping over themselves. To get oh yeah, him. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm still. I mean, we've said it a number of times before in cash we trust, but um, I'm just saying it, it feels like um, you guys are ready to heap praise on him when something good happens, and ready to uh, deflect as much as possible when when something. Um, when something negative happens within, within the organization. I get that, but I'm just, here's what, here's what annoys me. And we talked about this a little bit, I think a couple episodes ago, people are always like, they're calling for the jobs of the coaches and the staff and the executives or whatever, when players suck. And it's like, sometimes players are just going to underperform and suck. Look at Glaber. Okay. Um, I, I, when he came up tonight, I had the game on earlier. Currently his OPS is like 646 and he has six home runs. Okay. Was it 2019 where he hit 38 homers? And I don't know what his OPS was, but I'm sure it was like 900 or close to it. Okay. He's been fucking garbage this year. That is, that's not Cashman's fault. And I don't know that I would say that that's like a lot of people would then go to like the scapegoat as a scapegoat as being like the hitting coach, Marcus Timms. Um, but Marcus Timms is like widely respected throughout the industry from everything I've read. Um, I don't know if you can really, and I think, wasn't he the hitting coach in 2019? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it still him? Yeah. So I yeah. don't know how you blame him. Like, I think people have trouble accepting the fact that like these athletes, yes, they are the top like 0.01% in the world of what they do. And that's amazing. But at the end of the day, they're fucking humans like the rest of us. Like, right. like, are we per- are like us, just us and our listeners, are we perfect all the time? Do we, do we perform our jobs and, and do we live our life? Um, at a super, super high level every single day, every single week. No, we don't. We have off weeks. We have off days where maybe we're just not that focused. We're in a bad mood, whatever. They're fucking humans. And like sometimes they're going to suck. And that's not the, the coach's fault necessarily. I, obviously, the coach sometimes is at fault. But I'm just saying people go to that as like their first thing all the time. And I think that's wrong. Right. And the same thing can happen with Glaber. The same thing can happen with Garcia. They could bounce back and have yeah. incredible careers. And maybe it's just a, a bad year. Glaber had COVID again, you know, second time, you know, Glaber's had COVID twice. I mean, we just talked last episode about the mental health 
with right. Simone Biles and everything. It just came out today that she unexpectedly lost her grandmother during the Olympics. That was part of you know, why she pulled out and everything. And that, I mean, that's Ethan's point. Like, we don't know what's exactly. going on with these. Yeah, but, 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 but. So, Ethan, how many homers did you guys say he had? How many he had homers? 38. Okay, so, so if you're a chef at a fancy restaurant and you're getting paid lots of money and you're hitting 38 home run dishes every night, you're getting the best, like, you, every dish you put out there is great. It's and the next comparison. year, like six or eight are good. And suddenly you're not, suddenly you're not making good meals anymore. And suddenly like your dishes suck and you're not performing and it, nothing tastes good. And you're, fired. you're fired. That's life and death though. You could kill somebody. Nobody's going to die that because Glaver Torres but, hit but, six but, home runs but, this year. But, but the thing is, if, if you don't perform to a certain level of expectations, in every other job out there, you're fired. Yeah, I think we have to accept that sports are just more variable. Yeah, there's not as many careers. replacements. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I do get yeah. what you're saying, actually, because I, I mean, obviously the the comparison I would make would be in music. Um, and like, yeah, if you are if you are a top level musician per, uh, performing in whatever genre, whatever context, this isn't. I'm not thinking just from a classical, you know, symphony orchestra perspective. Um, any music you're talking about, you you are expected to, you know, perform really, every night. Really, airline pilot. I don't want night. I don't want an airline pilot to suddenly you know <laughs> suddenly not perform anymore. Again, right. life and death though. Yeah, but, but I, and but, I just think I think we have to accept that sports are just different and there's just more <laughs> variation with that. But but life and death count. But who are we paying more? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Who yeah. who are we paying? Way, way more. But pilots have pilots specifically have the help of those robots. They have the they yeah, all do. that. There is all the pilot. Yeah, I get it. There's yeah. a great joke in. Uh, I know I mentioned Thirty Rock earlier, and I know Thirty Rock is kind of like a very unique show, and so it's not for to everybody's taste. But there's an amazing joke in Thirty Rock. Matt Damon um, it does a cameo on that show for quite a few episodes, and he's a pilot. And there's this one episode where they're like talking, and he's like, you know, being a pilot's really hard. You have to hit the button for for taking off and then you have to hit the button for landing you know and like that that was essentially the joke it was like you literally just hit the button for autopilot that like that takes off and lands and i'm sure we're oversimplifying it i have students who have i literally actually i have i literally have two 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 students who have parents as pilots which i feel like isn't that common of a job but i'm not downplaying the skill of being a pilot hey, at all hey remember um, you got you got papa root here who was a navigator you mean you how to navigate by the stars on the plane so that, that right. is pretty cool yeah, yeah. Ethan, but, you better not get on a plane anytime soon. <laughs> no, no, and, and, and I know, I know, I'm making a, a way too simplified, you know, uh, analogy there. That, that I understand there are way, you know, there, I it doesn't I get it, it doesn't boil down, but but that's where I understand people are going to have down years, but um, there still has to be a an expectation for some level of competency or some level of performance. But I think that accountability does come into play. It just plays out longer, usually in sports. I mean, we saw it with Gary Sanchez this year. And if Gleyber Torres is playing like this next year, I mean, there's going to be serious discussion. Yeah, about he's not going to. Gary has like 38 RBI guys. RBI is bullshit. We don't care about RBIs. Saying like. What the fuck, guys? The, the, like, the, the consequence is that Gary or Gary or Glaber is is going to get a garbage contract if they play like this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they're just yeah. not. So it will paid. hurt them, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I mean, it, it it comes around. But anyway, let's let's cap off this episode. Yeah, yeah. let's let's finish let's finish with the the deadline. All the other teams, well, as Ethan mentioned. Need, 
do we need to do our ad though? Yeah, I'll I'll get it in. Don't worry. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. well, yeah. So so I mean, definitely look at the Dodgers. Look at the Dodgers and holy shit, like screw you, Dodgers. Like <laughs> screw you, Dodgers. Um, adding Scherzer, adding Turner. Them. Um, Andrew Friedman just fucking goes for it, yeah. dude, and it's pretty cool. I can't um, wait for 2023 when they start slashing salary, and everyone's like, "What the fuck is going on?" I thought the I thought the Dodgers were the new Yankees. Blah blah blah. Like, I can't wait for that. That day. would be funny. That would be funny. Yeah, oh, I it's wonder definitely coming. It's no, definitely no, who, coming. Who else? Who else made big moves? Like the the White Sox added Kimbrel. Like that. Yeah, the White that Sox could be Kimbrel. A very I mean, very a quiet reliever. But I mean, because I mean, the, the White Sox have. They got Hendricks and Kimbrell now, so yeah, him, yeah. And it's a seven-inning game got, for them now. They've got two of the top, what, five or six Cy Young. I think Hendricks is already, like, the number one or number two favorite for the Cy Young this year. And then you've got a couple guys in the Wait, rotation. Really? He's a closer. Yeah, he was up there. When you look at uh, ESPN Cy Young odds, award odds, like, oh, wow. Hendricks okay. was, like, one or two or three. Um, so, anyway, you, you just took – which. You know, the Yankees have only seen him for a couple games this year. So my exposure to them is we, we, we fared fairly well against the, the White Sox. But, I mean, that, that pitching staff just got a lot scarier. Um, if I had to pick know. one team from the AL, it's it's the White Sox. Their offense yeah. is at least comparable to the Astros, who probably have the best offense in the AL. But that pitching staff, especially that bullpen for Chicago, right now, today, that's who I would pick to come out of the AL. Did, did the Astros add anyone? Uh, a couple relievers. Uh, they they took that guy from Seattle, and everybody was <laughs> losing their shit about Depoto trading him because they had just won a big game and they were still in the wild card. And they were like, "What are you telling our team? You're trading away our, one of our best relievers <laughs> to a division rival of all people." But mm-hmm. I think the I think the Mariners ended up picking up someone too to kind of shore the tide. But I, I don't know that it's that's, gonna that's work. like. Some some of the some of the trade deadline talk in Cleveland was like, you know, your team is giving up when you trade someone to the you know the team ahead of you in the standings. So they they traded Cesar Hernandez to the White Sox, which yeah. um, I mean the, the the Indians are they're, they're a five hundred team right now. They just lost Tito, which is is a shame. As much as I uh, I you know really hated seeing him as a, a Red Sox manager, having having lived in Cleveland for some of the Tito years. Oh, he's such a good community guy. He's such a good manager. And I, I don't think he's actually had a losing season since he's gone to Cleveland, which is yeah, I don't think so insane considering they've been in the bottom three of the salary for the for the league for the past five years. So wait, really? Bottom yeah. three? They're the they're the lowest by like seven million this year, Ethan. The Holy the shit. pirates are outspending outspending the Indians by seven million this year. And twenty percent of the Indian salary is tied up with Jose Ramirez. Oh so my god. They, they've got They've got nine million to Jose Ramirez, and they've got four more veteran contracts, and then everyone else is an arbitration or league minimum. Holy it's shit. nuts! Like I can't believe it. Oh, and they've got Oliver Perez sitting in AAA right now with a one million dollar contract, which that guy is thirty nine and just never goes away. He, he was really good for two years with the Pirates. I don't remember when. But he he's a good reliever. Good he, he's yeah. he's that crafty he a, lefty everyone likes to talk to about. That was yeah. really good for two years. But yeah, yeah, they're they're seven million below the Pirates, and they were in contention. Um, and uh, yeah, as much as people in scream or in Cleveland scream about how much they spend, you, you got to say that Tito's done a really good job making the most of what they had. Actually, it was only one really good year that Oliver Perez had. Sorry, I misremembered. Anyway, and, sorry, and, continue, Matt. And there's actually a, speaking to Cleveland for all my Cleveland friends out there. There's, I mean, I've already talked with one 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 guy about the Deadspin article out there about. 
the name the name change, but they're they, they took some pretty low blows uh, at the nope. Indians. Um, uh, uh, don't read. We shouldn't be reading Deadspin anymore. Deadspin is garbage. Deadspin. All of the all of the writers left Deadspin after the the person who bought the website told them to stick to sports and that they couldn't yeah. write about. That's it. That's right. Okay. So good point. Fuck, so fuck current Deadspin. But okay. Uh, but but the article that the article made a point about like how they can't you know they squeeze nickels together to try and put together the team since you know they're cheap 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 cheap. But, yeah, that is insane to me. Yeah. What is this major league like? Like early I know 90s Cleveland again? is like a smaller city compared to like New York or LA, but it still it always seems weird to me that these when these teams are like that. Like I feel like they don't have. This is what we were talking about last time. It's fucking no. bullshit that all these teams cry poor and they don't fucking spend any money. Well, that they and, make in revenue toward, and, and toward what's, the payroll. What's even more insane? You got to remember, right after the Browns left town, they sold out four hundred plus straight home games. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Jacobs Jacobs Field. That was rocking. Yeah sellouts uh and i mean again think of the the mid to late 90s indians and the fact that yeah they were awesome holy shit those, that was probably some of the best baseball teams ever uh, we'll get into that in another episode um yeah, yeah that would if, be fun. if i say the name of the 1998 um excuse me 1997 cleveland indians closer i'll probably get <laughs> people driving to my house to punch me in the face so um i'll avoid that for right now i'm sorry everyone in cleveland for even bringing that up i was rooting for you but um that's funny yeah, like holy crap, it's 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 tough. I mean, as much as I love being able to go and get a, a ticket on the day of the game for like fifteen bucks in the bleachers when I lived in Cleveland, it's it's hard to swallow that. What kind of? I mean, I'm glad they're I'm glad they're competitive, but man, what kind of product they're putting on the field? But anyway, yeah. You, you, what's reminding me of Cleveland now that we're talking about their miseries? Ninety five, ninety seven, and twenty sixteen. Those are the World Series appearances. During our lifetime, and the only ones I think since what 1948 they or whatever. They were in the World yeah. Series in 2016. Yeah, against the Cubs. I don't remember that. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Chappie Chappie Davis game tying home run late in the innings off and of Chappie. They had the rain delay. Okay. Yeah, right, the rain continue. delay killed him. Yeah. Well, anyway, what I was going to say is, I'm pretty sure all those series went seven games, right? Yeah. So they lost like true heartbreaking series. Oh, that is rough. <laughs> Poor Cleveland. I don't know. 95 might have only went six. But 97 and 2016 definitely went seven. Jim Leland in the 1997 Florida Marlins. Oof. Mm -hmm. Oof. Crazy. Kyle, what do we got to hit before we other Other other, other trade deadline acquisitions. Uh, Chris Bryant to the Giants just makes the Giants even scarier. Um, Coming out of nowhere to be a powerhouse. And with with the Padres and the Dodgers in your division, and and they're still hanging on into August, like, holy shit. If Tatis Um, can get healthy, I mean, that's going to be an awesome race. I mean, I know all three of those teams could end up making the playoffs. The the playoffs. Uh, Two of those teams are going to end up in a playoffs wild wild card game, but – um, that'll be that'll be a fun if Tatis can get healthy again. But I, I don't know how serious that injury is, and yeah, I kind of saw the for baseball that shoulder injury. right, yeah, dislocated shoulder. He's yeah. like the most exciting player in baseball. Um, by really quickly before you continue, the 1997 Indians were only 86 and 75. Their roster was fucking stacked, and they won the pennant. But they were actually only 86 and 75 in the regular season, which I uh, did not know. Tommy Alomar, Alomar Vizcaino. Uh, Williams, yeah, uh, Matt Williams, Lofton, David Justice, Manny Lofton, Ramirez. Justice, Manny Ramirez wasn't on the Greg name. So, yeah, no Lofton, Oral, no Lofton. Hers- Oral Hershey. Grissom. Sorry, no Lofton. Marquis Grissom. Grissom, like 
Yeah, Charles Nagy, Oral Hershiser, Bartolo Colon. Although <laughs> Colon was young and not good that year. Uh, that was Jared Wright's breakout year, right? Yep. Um, yep. He was, he came in. He was 21. He was in the league, but he wasn't that good. He was okay. Oh, man. So 98 was his breakout year, but we crushed him in the playoffs in 98. It must have been 98. 98 was back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, right? No, that was 97. Okay. When went... All right. I'm looking at his stats. He wasn't that good ever, so I don't really understand. He was pretty good in 2004 with the Braves. I don't understand why people thought he was that great when he was younger. He didn't. I think really he just that... threw hard. Okay, he didn't strike that many people out. Like he wasn't. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. And any other trade deadline moves we're missing? Yeah. What else we got to hit? I feel like maybe there's something big that we're. But I mean, the, I the Dodgers signed Cole Hamels today, which is. Well, I mean, yeah. There's that. The Dodgers got. I mean, the Dodgers got Scherzer and Trey Turner. We didn't. We didn't say it explicitly, but they got the. I did. The, I did. Oh, you did? I, yeah, you mentioned yeah. the Dodgers. I didn't know you mentioned those no, two guys. The best them. pitcher, the best pitcher and the best position player that moved at the deadline both went to the Dodgers. Can we can we also talk about the Dodgers though when we're talking about people who are having shitty years? Uh look at Cody Bellinger's stats. Right Negative war. Look it up. Negative war. Wait, really? <laughs> the reigning oh, MVP fuck. from the last full season in Major League Baseball in the National League. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. And so you want to tell me that Glaber's having a bad year and Gary's having a bad year? Is he hurt? He, he was, only he played 49 hurt. games. Okay. Yeah, but but Colin, they've got they've got an all-star now at like his eight OPS of nine is positions. 546. Oh my God. I'm just saying it happens with other teams. This is not an exclusive thing to the Oh, Yankees. of course. Yeah, hundred percent. That's insane. I had no idea. He's been absolutely horrible. I wonder if there's like an injury that we haven't heard about. You know, that's uh that's part of that. But holy shit. I don't think he had a good year last year either. I don't know if he played the full 60 game season but and he's only 25 huh and i'm sure he's got time to turn it around but oh yeah and glaber does too and gary does too yeah but along the same lines like have we heard anything from christian yelich this year yeah, he's no. been terrible too yeah, yeah that's another one yeah. i looked that up the other day yeah they, they need to spend more time actually playing baseball and less time shooting commercials for the mlb network something <laughs> what well, that, fired that horse that horse commercial where they're playing home run derby horse, like okay, whatever. Go go back to batting practice. <laughs> All right, I think that's good. Let's that's let's good. end on that. That's okay. a high note. All let's right. say say goodbye to the podcast. Bye, podcast. All right. Adios, everyone. Mellow's a Laker. <laughs> And on my new podcast, Brownstown, I'm chronicling the sometimes sad but always hilarious story of the last 20 years of Cleveland Browns dysfunction. With the voices of Jim Donovan, Brady Quinn, Tim Couch, Romeo Cornell, Josh Cribbs, TJ Ward, Phil Savage, and many more, we'll track how unbelievably bad decisions and bad luck kept this team down for way too long. So join us as we go tailgating in the Muni lot and diving deep into the dog pound. You're going to Brownstown.